0: How you guys doing? That's better. Hey, welcome to the remnant. I think this is the first time I'm saying this today. I get made fun of because I say my name a lot, but you might forget it. So my name's Todd. I'm the pastor here, one of them, so very excited to see you guys. If I haven't got a chance to say hi, stick around. I promise I'll find you if you wait long enough. Um, So just tell one of the blue shirt people, and they'll come and get me. Um, but I am really excited to see a lot of new faces and excited to see just our normal church family. So, Guys, I have a couple of questions to ask you, but before I do, I have to have your word. And some of you are tricky. I have to have your word. You're going to be honest. Can you be honest? This question is so important that I'm going to have you do the thing we used to do in school. Remember Heads Up, 7 Up, or whatever it was called? Is that what it was called? Or is it Heads Down, 7 Down? I don't remember. <laughs> okay, good. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to have you put your heads down. I'm going to ask two questions. Now keep in mind, I can't see you. I remember, who was that? The person I asked them to put their head down and they just glared at me. Seems like a Karen thing. It wasn't. <laughs> it was, oh, yeah, Tim's mom. Um, so Diane, if you're watching, I still remember. Uh, so do me a favor, guys. I'm going to ask you two questions. And, and I'm joking, but take them seriously. Because listen, bottom line, you're here. So even if you're like, oh, my goodness, I made a mistake, you're already here now. You might as well be here and get out of this what you can. And in order to do that, I'm gonna, I need to ask you these two questions. So everybody put their head down. Raise your hand, you know, to answer it. Who thinks, and if you're watching from home, you can do the same thing. Who thinks God is a liar? Raise your hand. Who thinks God is a liar? Okay. Yeah. couple. Keep your head down. All right. Ready for this next question? They're going to seem unrelated. Who is content, fulfilled, and believes you're living your best life? Raise it. Raise your hand. Who would say, this is a bonus third question. Who would say that they often ask if there's more to life? Is this it? They wish life was better. Any of those things? Okay, put your hands down. Thanks for being honest, those of you that, um, most of you, you uh, answered the question. Pause, we'll come back to that, okay? I want to read you guys two verses, and then I'll explain. Stay with me. One of the verses is my favorite, one of my favorite verses, and I told you guys in my entire life, I've had probably three people that were sort of mentors, I wish I had more. Um, but one guy, sort of long-term, and he changed my entire life by asking me, by the way, this is unrelated, but such a, a simple, powerful question, and he said, how are you doing? And I said, you don't really want to know, and he said, yes, I do. It changed my life. And this verse he introduced me to, I'd heard it before, of course, in my, early in my faith, but it's, it's so simple, but it's powerful. It's John 10.10 in the Gospel of John. This is Jesus. Jesus says, a thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. The version I memorized was have it to the full. And there's a comparison here, right? A reminder that we have a thief, we have an enemy. Did you know that? The devil's real. It's real. And God says, now listen, when we see this first, I've come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. I'm a, I'm a pastor, I guess that's the term. So I need to tell you the truth. Of course he's talking about eternal life, salvation. But it's more than that. You know, God is God and he has a lot of meaning sometimes. There's... A lot to it. And, you know, the comparison between the thief, you know, he says a thief, there's a direct comparison, comes to steal and to kill and destroy. And then he compares it with himself and says, I have come to that they may have life and have it in abundance, have it to the full. What's well, the opposite of killing, right? I mean, stealing, to give, to kill is to bring life, to destroy, create. I have come to do the opposite of these things. I've come to heal. Come to have it to the full. I already asked you this question different way and I said how many of you here feel like you have life to the full and I'm going to be honest with you not many people raise their hands in fact I believe there was one maybe two and I don't say that to shame you because you want to know the truth if I was in the crowd and have my head down I would have raised my hand too the second verse I want to read there's three actually Matthew 6:33. but seek first it's Jesus again Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. What are these things? He goes on to say you shouldn't worry about where you're gonna, what you eat, what you wear, where you live. He goes, listen, do the birds worry, right? Do the, the flowers worry? Don't worry about all these things. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek me and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. This implication that everything that you need, you'll be given. Matthew 7. Gospel Matthew verses 7 and 8, he says, Jesus again, keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be open to you. Can I be honest? Can I put aside the the pastor half a second and talk to you as a person? What gives? What gives? The other night I was driving down the road. This is a true story. This just happened within the last week. I was driving down the road, and I'll be honest, I, I do a lot of my, I'm a weird guy. I do a lot of good thinking when I'm in the shower <laughs> and when I'm driving creepily down the road with no radio on. I think they said psychopaths do that. That's what I do. Uh, I I'm not a psychopath. Um, I don't think, although would they say they were? I don't know. I'm driving down the road talking to God, and at, at this point, God and I have, I have sort of a, a routine, and I do my best to follow the Lord's prayer, right, I'm not saying recite that, because that's a model, and I, and I try to thank him, but inevitably, I end up confessing the things I felt convicted about, the things I've done wrong, and I do a lot of wrong in a day, so I was asking, Him. this is true, this, I'm, I'm, I'm being completely transparent with you. I was asking him to guide me, and then it turned to, God, don't take the blessings away you've given me, right? Don't take it away because I know I don't deserve it because I just proved it. I felt stupid even saying it to him. I felt insincere because I, I, I. how many times have I done the same thing? Have you ever done that? Find yourself talking to God about the same thing? And even as I say the words, the only thing making me say them is the fact that I believe he's listening because the truth is, if I went by what I felt, there's no way he's, he's believing me. Because I don't believe me. I don't believe I'm sincerely sorry. Because how could I? And keep doing it. I realized in that moment, though, as I was driving, all of a sudden I felt how tense I was. I'm serious. I was like this. How stressed, how unhappy I was. And I promise you, this is the truth. I found myself out loud in a car, creepily, with no radio on, saying out loud, is this it? So I made my way home. Came inside. I, this, and it's like a movie. I can tell you exactly. Brushed my teeth. Went to the bathroom first. You didn't need to know that. Brushed my teeth. Got changed in my shorts to sleep in. Found myself robotically walking to my bed. I thought about everything I had to do the next day. I was beating myself up for being up so late. I'm a bit of an insomniac, and yet I know it's stupid. Be more mature and go to sleep. I want to sleep. I just can't. So I'm sitting there, though, because I actually believe what you say, right? Only boys stay up all night. I don't want to stay up all night. Beat myself up about that. Randomly worrying about many of you in this room that I know. Do you know I think about you throughout the week? How sad some of you are, how angry some of you are, how some of you are just going through the motions, wondering honestly if some of you that have come here every day for a year or years, do you really know him? Do I need to say it a different way? Maybe I can, maybe I can get you to get it a different way. I start thinking about the people that hate me. Weirdly enough, few people hate me. It's crazy. I'm pretty hateable, I guess. And then I started flipping between being really mad at them. That's, that's LT. That's what my family calls me. That's LT still in me, right? That makes me angry. Smash, right? Wishing, But then on the one hand, I do that. On the other hand, I'm wishing things could be like the Bible says they're supposed to be between believers. Because they're not. But you know what's funny? You go and ask everyone and they say, of course it is. Yeah, what do you mean? No one will admit the truth. And then I remember vividly, I could tell you exactly what I did. I, I kind of do this jump slide under my blankets because I'm OCD and they need to all hit me at the same time. So I slide under and I turn to my side. Why am I telling you this? Because I want you to believe this is a real story because it is. And as I turn on my side to try to sleep and right as my head landed on the pillow, I'm telling you guys the truth, in the dark, nothing but my fan on, I always going to have a fan. Out loud, I made this statement. This statement, there has to be more. There has to be more to life. Out loud. And I knew in that moment that God was saying something to me too. And even as I say it, I want to get emotional because I live so much of my life. I don't know. Half living? And if you've been here at the random before, you know I've said this before. I've said these types of things Before. That's because it's true, and I think of it all the time, and I see it in so many people. Don't you see it? Don't you see a world scrambling to have more? I said, There has to be more. There has to be more to life. And I'm telling you, it was like for a second, God just said there is. So let me ask you guys where's the abundant life God promised? Where's the full life? I was talking to a few men this week, I was actually ranting about the church i know i'm working in a church and the church with a capital c makes me mad they do i mean other christians because they're just so mean sometimes but me too and i was telling them that sometimes feel like i'm watching this big play and i'm serious i believe even with you people in here i know well some of you are in the middle of a big play and all you do is playing a part and i can't and if i call you out you know your lines so well that you're just going to say the right thing so we can never really get anywhere real I'm watching this play where we're playing roles, saying we believe this incredible thing, that a God-man, Jesus, lived, performed miracles. They're not parables. They're not stories. They're not myths. If you're a Christian, you're saying you believe it literally happened. I'm saying I believe that happened. That he died for our sins. Not just the bad, stupid things you do, but for that broken part inside of you that you can't fix, no matter how hard you try. And that he somehow, you ready for how crazy this story is? Not only did that, he empowered you supernaturally to then live that life. And then he's transforming us. And then here's the crazy part. And that we'll never really die. I'm gonna put it a different way, because I'm a nerd, right? If you're a Christian, you're immortal. That's pretty cool. And you ever thought anybody tell you you're immortal? Don't jump off a bridge. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> All right? But you are, you're immortal. This life is this, this long. Whether it's 30 or 120, it's this long in the scheme of eternity. Where is, so we're playing this game that no one really believes. Yeah. Hey, we say we believe it's the only way to real life, but we don't actually believe it. Listen, I looked in the mirror this week. Are you willing to? Don't tell me what I believe, Todd. I don't have to because you know the way your life is lived. We just go through the motions most of the time. All the while ignoring the fact that deep, deep down it feels like God lied to us. Because make no mistake about it, one of the two things are true. Either he lied to us or something's wrong. Well, no, Todd, it's a, it's a parable, and he's trying to make you understand what? That we're supposed to live here until we die? Right? That's it? That life is just waiting to die so we can go to eternity? No, I don't see that. It's more than that. And I'm mad. But I'm mad at myself. Keep that in mind. I'm preaching to myself. It has to be more than that. He knew what he was saying. I have come to give you life and give it abundantly. Yes, eternal life. He absolutely meant that, right? In ways they wouldn't understand, but there's more than that. What about the other one? Okay, Todd, I'll give you that. Todd, he's talking about eternal life. Fine, ask and you'll seek, or you'll find, right? Ask, you'll get the answers. Knock, all that stuff. Yes or no? Yes or no? How many times do you make excuses for him? Well, he was talking symbolically, of course, about him knocking on my heart and answering. Like, Right? Is he? Or is there something there? Because if he's not lying, you ready? Then you're not asking. You're not seeking. I'm not seeking. You know, I hear it all the time. I've told you, you want to know something weird? I don't have a problem with atheists. If you're a real atheist, if you're real agnostic, if you're really intellectual enough that you want the answers, let me tell you why a lot of them aren't, because they don't want the truth. You owe it to yourself to seek it. Where is the more? Where are all these things that are going to be added to you? You told me, God, you told me, you told me right that I, I put my faith in you and I'm saved, and that's the, guys, if that was all it was, by the way, that'd be enough. You hear me? If it only if it was just. He just wait to die and get to live eternally. That's that's a good deal to me. So we have follow. That's the truth. I have follow, you have follow, and we have do. So we have follow because I believe our hearts, many of your hearts but half, but half our life is spent doing what our friends, TV, even sometimes our churches tell us to do. Listen, get the good job, get the hot spouse, get love, get money, get a nice car, get, an, uh, get the nicest clothes, get the career. Come to church, sleep your way through it, right? Put your time in, walk out, give a smile, get home. You got to, you got to get home. You got to get home. You got that important thing to do. You got to fall asleep on the chair, just keep getting, right? And eventually, like some sort of weird equation, the more I get, the more life will get better. And yet all of you kept your hand down. Because you're all scrambling. We all do. Today isn't about telling you that you should feel guilty for wanting the nice job, loving family, nice house, car. Listen, that's, that's good. Nothing wrong with that. I am here to tell you sometimes, and I'm not supposed to tell you, some of you I wish would just just this is so, dude. This is why I'm not gonna, dude, you can tell this is why I should probably not gonna have a job forever. You just just go. Some of you I want to say, why, why play the game? I want to tell you the truth. If this isn't real, I wouldn't play it. I could have a lot more fun by not playing the game. And you run around, and anytime someone tries to tell you there's more to it, you say, How dare you? Keep getting, right? Keep chasing, keep scrambling, keep building your sandcastles, and things will get better. We'll have abundant life. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So, where is the more in your life? Some of you, man, where is the more in your life? Don't you want more? I do. Is this life really full and abundant? If not, what does that mean? God promised and you and I don't have it, so he did lie to us. That's what some of you believe. Or you make excuses for him, like you're smarter than him, so you've got to translate. God loves you. Well, he loves you, but love looks like hate to humans, right? Things like that. Just crazy, irrational things that don't help me at all. Did he lie? Clearly, guys, God did not lie, and I'm not here to tell you that. That's not the answer. You don't believe that either, those of you who put your faith in Christ. He did not lie, so we don't need to make excuses for him. The answer is, if he didn't lie, that we must be missing something, or more likely, we don't like the answer. We all, guys, listen, this entire world, some of you in this room, I'm not a fool. Some of you in this room have put your faith in Jesus, 100%, 100%, you're sold out and you still, you still wrestle, right? We'll get to that. Some of you haven't, but you're at least curious. And some of you are here because you got someone cute next to you. It doesn't matter the reason. We all, this entire world, is searching for more. We are. They are, you are, we are. We are looking everywhere, trying to find our purpose. Somehow, knowing deep down that if we find our purpose, guys, listen, right? If you find your purpose, then you'll find the more. My purpose is to be successful. That's what God wants from me. My purpose is to have money. That's what God wants from me. My purpose is to have a perfect marriage. That's what God wants from me. And some of you have some of those things. And yet, where is the more? Doesn't make those things bad, does it? Those are good things. Those are really, really good things. But we're only partially right. Right? I do believe our purpose leads to the more, but you have to understand, guys, I'm I'm with you. We're gonna learn today and make a decision on what the purpose is. Now I'm not talking about the purpose-driven church or anything like that, and that's all great. I'm telling you something right now, it's way more simple than you want to admit, and I want to admit. Because if it's simple, then we gotta face the facts. It's us. Sometimes it's pride, sometimes it's hurt, you know, sometimes I was talking to a friend today, he knows who he is, we were talking in worship him, he said, it's funny, man, sometimes my, when I interact with God, it's so hard not to attribute what everyone else has done to me in life to him, right? That's, that's so true, and some of you in this room, it's not that you think he's a liar, you just can't imagine someone loving you enough to follow through with what he said, because people don't do that, do they? Guys, is a lion in a cage as fulfilled and alive as a lion hunting with its pride, right? Do we have National Geographic videos of just filming lions in a cage? Let's look at the majesty of the lion. No, no. Is a a fish healthy and content flopping around on land? Is it? It'll live for a little bit, right? But it's not happy. It's not content. Why? Because they each have a purpose. Now, what if the fish says, I want to be a dog? Larissa, wouldn't that be weird, right? The fish says, I want to be a dog. We put a leash on him. We drag him around. What's going to happen? It ain't going to be very long. We're just going to be looking at a dead, creepy fish. That's not his purpose. You guys, you know what? Hey, you know what I want? I want a pet wild lion. I'm going to get him a litter box and bring him home. Ten minutes later, you're dead, right? It's not meant to be a house cat. We have a purpose. You have a purpose. And it's not, does God want me to go to Africa? Those are all good things. But I, you know what I always tell people when they're asking, what am I supposed to do with my life? Why don't we start with the things you know you're supposed to do? We can worry about the other details later because the problem is, you ready? I'm going to speak for myself and then speak for you because that way you can get, you know, if I say you first, you get really mad. So I'll say me. Most of the time, I have a hard enough time doing the things I know I'm supposed to do. That he puts in black and white. There's more. I'm searching for it. Are you? Are you really searching for it? Have you, or have you allowed yourself to be content with the fact that 99% of you kept your hand down and said, Life isn't what it's supposed to be? Life isn't even what I want it to be. Do you understand how sad that is? And we think that's what the Father wants. I didn't say happy. You're going to have to, listen, you're going to have moments where you're sad. Notice I didn't say, are you happy? Nobody would raise their hand. Or some of you would like, yeah, I had an energy drink earlier. That's not what I'm talking about. It's more than that. It's that deep part of us. And so I'm coming to the place, guys, that if it's not God lying to me, then it's me. And I refuse to play this game because I'm not good at the Christian game. It, those that know me well already know it. I'm just not very good at it. One of the few things. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Get it? That's was cocky. I... But I don't think that's what he's asking. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along with me and we'll kind of explore this together. Does that work? Great. Uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, in my opinion, tells us the purpose of life. They come up to him. You guys know this. It's in many of the Gospels. Someone comes up to him, a religious leader, and says, tell me what the greatest commandments are. Keep in mind, the commandments are life. This is what we are to do. It's funny, by the way, they're trying to trick him. That'd be a whole other thing, and he's so smart. Tell us, what the, what's the most, just tell us what the point of life is. What's the commandments? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. I bet you guys know the next part. The second is, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. And every one of you goes, yep. But if you actually, I bet, if I could get a lie detector on on you and I said, okay, what does it mean to love uh, God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you'd go, uh, go to church? Not fall asleep? Because you're already struggling, some of you. Mm Mm-hmm. Not that dark in here. Anyway. I always st- if you're anything like me, and I think some of you are smarter than me, so you've probably had this weird thought before, and then you feel guilty for it. Have you ever thought to yourself, what an arrogant thing for God to want? Of all the things he wants me to do, the number one thing is he wants me to love him with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He wants me to just, just what in the world? He should be bigger than that. I heard someone say that before. God should be bigger than wanting our worship. <laughs> yeah. The sun should want more than being warm, right? I mean, it just is what it is. Seems sort of arrogant to say our main purpose is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength until you realize that is your created purpose. What do you mean, Todd? Stay with me. You were created to love God. You were created, literally created, to be in deep personal relationship with your Creator. Fact. The best comparison I can give you, I already gave it to you, it's the fish. Listen, a fish can want all at once. It's arrogant to tell me to stay in the water. Okay, go on the land. It dies. It doesn't matter. A tree can say, I don't need sunlight to grow. I just need urine. I don't know, right? And the fact is that doesn't change it. Purpose comes from the creator. And the purpose is to be in relationship to God, with God. So it's not arrogant. It's actually the most loving thing in the world for him to do is to say, I quit picturing it as him going, love me with all your heart, soul, and mind. Right? That's weird. Exactly, it is. Instead, it's, hey, first and foremost, I want us to be together. I want you to follow me. I want you to know I love you, and I want you to love me. Well, what does that mean? You know, Jesus told us, he said, if you love me, you'll follow my commands. Which means do as I do. Trust me. Guys, you want to know your purpose? Go read it in Genesis. That was the divine design, to be in relationship with God, to walk, to rule is in his name. I like as C.S. Lewis puts it, to be walking statues of God's glory. Man, when some of you get bored during some of this, I don't get it. I'm just like, I want to come down and dance or something, because I'm like, I don't understand it, right? Maybe you don't think like me, because I just can't do it anymore. I can't play the game. I just can't do it. You're created for a purpose. Dogs have purpose. We don't use them to pull wagons. If we did, they'd die. Time they pull sleds. It's not the same thing. All right? I know. I, I'm sarcastic. I know. I just know some of the sarcastic people. The Bethanies. Time I'm in Alaska. They use dogs. You don't sound like that. But that's my point. <laughs> she got very offended. You know you'd say that. Cats have purpose. We don't have guard cats. Hey, you know what, guys? I want to protect my family. All right? Meet Garfield. That doesn't. And you imagine that in a. It says, "Beware, guard cat." If you were a thief and came to a place said, "Beware, guard cat," I might hesitate to go. You think they have a lion? <laughs> because if they don't have a lion, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Right? You don't do that. Why? Because that's not a cat's purpose. I don't know what a cat's purpose is, but anyway, <laughs> horses have purpose. The cat people, I'm sorry. I just like dogs. Horses have purpose. They do. Right? Passion. You know what? This sounds cold. You know what they used to do? A horse that was lame? They still do, right? I don't know. What do you do with a horse that's lame? You kill it. Because they're more miserable. Not living their purpose. Todd, I knew of a three-legged horse. I get it. But overall, you can tell if you're new to the remnant how sarcastic everyone is. Because this is what I live with every day. I'm having to argue. Right? Anyway. Listen, you ready for a sentence? This is one of you. Note takers, this is important. This isn't a main purpose, but I think this is important. Passion is found in our purpose. Passion is found in our purpose. Life. The reason God starts with that is he's saying, listen, you can go do all these good things, but if you are not in a relationship, you can go out right now and feed the poor and give water to the thirsty. And by the way, those are beautiful things, and, and I think it's great that we do that. And you can, um, you can counsel people, and you can, uh, get, you know, I don't know, go build houses for, in other countries. You can do all these things, but let me tell you something. God is saying, without me, you still are not living in your purpose. And without your purpose, you will continue to try to find other things to fill your purpose. I've said this before. I think I said it a few weeks ago here. I've certainly said it in life group. One of the most eye-opening interviews I've ever heard is Dan Bilzerian. Anybody know Dan Bilzerian? He's the king of Instagram. If you don't know him, good. You don't need to, all right? It's just debauchery. I'm serious. He's claimed, he claims he's a billionaire. Who knows? He, uh, he runs around, and literally his entire life is spent smoking marijuana. Okay, he's pretty ripped, probably steroids, because you don't typically that age and look jacked, all right? Has half-naked women with him all the time. Rolls of cash. Giant yachts, boats. He's famous, right? The king of Instagram. That's what they call him. He did an interview, and they're talking about him, about the meaning of life. Hey, hey, does money really buy happiness? He said, I, "No." Stay with me. He goes, "No. He, this is the farthest thing from a Christian." He goes, "I know. I've given up on that." He goes, "I just live my life for pleasure, brief moments of pleasure." He said that. Think of that, and they kind of laughed, and I'm sitting there, and I just went, "Oh my gosh." You know how Hugh Hefner died? Do you? In his bedroom? After he sold his mansion, he, they let him keep his little bedroom to die in. Now, I, I don't say to know where he's at, but I can tell you that he, didn't techn- he lived his life for a lot of pleasure. That always made me sad, too. At the end of the day, where were all of his young 20 something wives? Where was the money? Where was it all? Wives? <laughs> you have to understand that our purpose is to be in relationship with God and that God is in the process. Guys, when you understand this, it is mind blowing. And maybe you do and maybe you don't. So I'm going to say quickly, everything God does is to take us back to Eden. I'm serious. It's to restore us to the original design, right? That's what's going to happen someday. We, we disobeyed, we're disobedient, sin entered the world, right? We were separated from God, all this terrible things happened. Life is imperfect, broken, hurting. And what does it say at the end of Revelation? I'll wipe away every tear, there'll be no more crying or pain or death anymore. Behold, the new has come. It's just a return to the way it should have been. He's restoring us to our original design, showing us how we're supposed to lead and transforming us inside out into what you and me were meant to be. So hear me when I say this, okay? I like to give analogies. It may not make sense to you, they do me. So if that's the case, if you want to be what you were supposed to be, if you want to be walking statues of God's glory, if you want to live in your purpose, then you have to know what your purpose was. Well, how do you know what your purpose was? you got to talk to the Creator. The Creator and you have to be close. You have to know what to do. You have to follow Him, right? If you want to be tan, you don't hide in the dark. Stay with me. If you want to be godly, you want to be fulfilled, you want to be whole, you want to be what you were supposed to be, you have to be with God. And only the true God will work. A lot of the long-term Christians in the room are the ones I just want to come down there and give a big old hug to. Squeeze hug until you pay attention. Because See, sometimes you... I don't know when I, you know, it's funny, Tim. I, I, I don't know at what point I'll stop viewing myself as not a long-term Christian. Because for some reason I didn't grow up that way, you know, so I'm like, oh, I still haven't been a Christian long. I have. <laughs> I've right? I been mean, half my life, so half of 22, whatever that is. And um, so, the, I don't know why you laughed like that. Uh, but some of you guys, you've become so numb. And what you've done is you've given up and you've assumed that what you see in American church is what Christianity is. This is what it is to be in a relationship with Jesus. And I contend, and though Jesus loves his church in America and though there's no one perfect, I believe overall that the popular Christian culture is missing something. I truly believe that. And I believe what it's missing is what the purpose really is. We have done what the Pharisees have done. We added to God's law. We have. You got to do X, Y, Z. I don't know why I said it that way. To be in church, right? You got to be on these 12 committees, and that'll make it okay. You want to be like the Bible, and they walked with him. You want to live in your purpose. You want to follow God. You want to walk with him. Isn't that one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible? And they walked with him. Oh, man. Imagine that. You get that. Do you know that? I'm going to be honest with you, Christianity as a philosophy slash religion is a pretty terrible choice, if it isn't true. (gasps) I'm serious. Jesus was a great philosopher, but as far as religions, if it's all just pick what you want, why would you pick Christianity? Why wouldn't you pick, uh, oh man, I don't want to go too dark here, but you could pick anything you want, right? The one that makes me God. The one where I get to get what I want, where I get 12 wives and you got to give me all your money. That'd be the one I'd pick, right? Right? That's an easier, actually that's not an easier life, but, right? It, it, if it isn't true, why would you do this? Some of you in this room, listen to me. If you don't want to accept what is true, why are you pretending? I would actually respect you more if you got up and walked out because the reality is you don't believe this. Now it's okay to believe it and have struggles with it. That's not what I'm saying. Some of you need to take a second and consider what you actually believe. People say, "Todd, you're just so mean to Christians." No, I expect them to be what they were meant to be, including myself. I don't think that you're slaves. I think that you're kings and queens. <gasps> you know, I was, this could go on and on, Andy. I got to slow her down here. <clears throat> The things that people, other churches get the most mad at me about, I'm doing it anyway, is the fact, it's ne- they don't pick on, they don't get mad at the things I say that are ridiculous because I do say ridiculous things, okay? They actually get the most mad at things that are completely biblical, literally. You guys have heard it, right? I'll bring it up till the end of time. That church takes grace too far. What? What are you talking about? Literally, what are you talking about? That's the things they get mad about. That's the kind of world we live in. Christianity isn't a game that's worth it if it's a game. The game of Christianity, I call it the great masquerade. All right, I'm out in the car about to go in church, put my mask, my smiling mask. Underneath it is sadness, hopelessness, despair, loneliness. How are you? Good. Good. Is that something under your mask? No, is it something under yours? Cool, we'll just pretend there isn't as long as you don't call me out on mine and we don't talk about it and then I walk out and I put it down and I cry. It isn't fun, it's stressful and sad and dull and hopeless, the game. It doesn't lead to more, but Jesus, God is real and if we believe part of it and we have to believe all of it, then that means, guess what? That real life, true, abundant, full life, joy, joy, I don't want happiness. Happiness is contingent on whether I have enough money, food, clothes. I want joy that is above those things. I want the kind of joy that Christians in third world countries have. The kind of joy that when they're together sitting in a candlelit room because if they get caught, they're going to jail, and they're praising God and happy just to see each other. But how dare you here in America have church during football? It's coming from a football player. It's silly ex-football player anyway let me ask you guys this do you live every day as though it's literally real and true or have you accepted the game if you want more more remember searching for more if you want more stay with me really want life then we have to play by God's rules he made the game He's telling us how to win, and sometimes we get mad because we try a different way and we didn't win. Imagine them saying, right, it's the last minute, it's, it's I don't know, 30 seconds, you're down by 3 you're on the football field marching down, right, Peyton Manning's got it, and then he just goes and takes his cleats off and sits down and says, I win, and time runs out. He's like, what are you guys talking about? I said I win. Well, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I said I get seven points. That would be ridiculous. It's the same thing. God says this is the way to life. No one, right? There's certainly multiple meanings here. I mean salvation first and foremost. We'll get to that at the end. If you're in this room and you're like, you know what, this is all true. I don't really know this Jesus guy. I want to talk to you later. But you can still get something out of this. We have to do what God says. We have to not do what he says not to do. And we have to go where he says go and spend our time losing our life For his life giving way. You understand now what Jesus meant when he said, Those who love their life will lose it, but if you lose your life for my sake, will gain it. That's a powerful, important statement that 90% of us in this room don't want to deal with. You know how I know that? Because if I come to you, here's a big one, I'm going to make some people mad and I say, Hey, did you know that God says you should cheerfully give to your church? Don't you tell me what, I'm going to, the Hebrewic law says the tithing is blah, 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 blah. That's ridiculous. You're ridiculous. That's just telling you the truth. You're not facing reality. I'm sorry. That's reality. I'm going to let that sit for a second. It has nothing to do with me. When, you know, I, I don't even, we don't, 10% tithing, I'm with you there. I think that was an Old Testament thing. But God says, Jesus said to give cheerfully. Well, um, Todd, I do give. I give to the local 4-H county fair. Hmm. And I get it. When I was in a crowd and a pastor said that, I used to think he just wanted money. And then I got in these shoes and I realized, no, it's a spiritual issue. You are literally creating your own God who says you are supposed to be comfortable all the time. And then some of you run around using the word cult when you hear something you don't like. Got frustrated. Moving on. Second thing, right? Love your neighbors as yourself. I love this. I've said it before. If you're new, it gives me a chance to say it again. Isn't it cool that Jesus knew that the person you tend to love the most is yourself? So he says, you want to love people, know how to love them. Love them the way you want to be loved. Love them how you love yourself. Most of you don't punch yourself in the face, all right? Most of you don't. Why did too many of you go, well, you know, sometimes... Some of you, you know, you don't want somebody to steal your money. You don't want someone to steal your spouse. You don't want someone to call you names. You don't want someone to lie about you. You don't want someone to slander you. You don't want someone to be inconsiderate of you. All of these things, you don't want that to happen to you, right? Then don't do it to others. You know, the Bible says that God is love. Isn't that beautiful? We're like, yes, he is, Todd. And then you immediately create your version of love. No, no, no. It's his definition, not yours. See, our love is very contingent on things, As long as you continue to make me happy, I will continue to love you. When you don't, then I won't. We are made in God's image. So God is love, we're made in his image. It stands to reason that we are made to love. Did you know that? You were made to love? Part of your purpose. But here's the key. It's not the world's definition of love, and it's not even church's definition of love sometimes, but God's definition. What are some examples of that, Todd? Easy. The Bible says, Jesus himself said, no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. That's deep. Jesus says, no greater, you know, be like me. I'm about to lay my life for a friends. Some of you won't lay down your pride for your friends. Some of you won't lay down your time for your friends. Some of you won't pick up a phone call for your friends I'm busy some of you get mad when you get a Facebook messenger post in a group that you signed up to be in you know who you are that's men and women how dare they interrupt my day with a beeping are you kidding me Imagine if Jesus said that to the people that came up to him. Heal me, please. I can't walk. No, nah, don't interrupt me. i got important places to be. A whole lot of miracles would have been missed if he didn't went straight to Jerusalem. Some of you, man, that's not loving. We'll get to what I mean in a minute. What else did he say? He who wants to be great among you must be a servant to all. You think that's just like on Sundays? It's not. Man, I'm sarcastic. I'm so sorry. Really, I am. It's just about the parable of the Good Samaritan, where he goes so far, right? He goes so far that he says, hey, this person, and he's a Samaritan. It's a whole different reason why, because the Jews would have been like, Samaritans are horrible people. And if of us wouldn't have even stopped, we'd be like, oh, the next guy will get him. Sacrificial love. Love with no cost is probably just convenience. So many of us live, and then, of course, before I go on, 1 Corinthians 13, the marriage chapter, no. God is love. The same word is used for what? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love endures all things, bears all things, believes all things. Love doesn't get enrage-filled because somebody posted in my group that they're sad today, and that makes me angry. Because don't they know I'm listening to some good tunes right now? Turn it on silent if you don't like it. People that don't come here are like, what's he talking about? And You want to know how to love? Study Jesus. You want to know how to love? Study First Corinthians 13 and stop viewing it as just marriage. I was told this one time in seminary somewhere, and I'm sure some other incredibly smart pastor came up with it that I don't know, but he said, just insert your name or love as, and ask if that's you. Todd is patient. Nope. Todd is kind. Sometimes. Todd keeps no record of wrongs. Tries to. Man. God keeps no record of wrongs sometimes. It's not the way it is. Many of us are living, and let me stay with me. So we got these two parts, right? Love the Lord, you got our hearts so mine. Love, us as, love, us as, love others as yourself. Let me wrap it up. Many of us are living a dull, empty life because we have bought the life lie that life is about me. This is important. Life, if you make life about you, me, Inevitably, you will be miserable. I fully believe that. And I see it. My comfort, my security, my success, my happiness. You're going to find this interesting fact about life. The more we make life primarily about ourselves, the less we will find the more in life. I'm serious. Some of you are there, and I don't, listen, don't take it as getting mad at you, but if this is you, if you're saying, you know what, that's something inside you going, that's me. I'm pursuing that relationship to the extent of everything else. I'm pursuing, um, girlfriend, boyfriend, I'm pursuing uh, that job. You know, if I can get that next promotion, man, everything's going to be better, and you're pouring all your time, energy, and you're losing moments of real life as you sacrifice to a God that won't be there when you die. It's real. It's real. Sometimes, even marriages. Some of you even idolize your marriage. That doesn't mean, well, as you saying I should? Of course, you should love your spouse, right? It's the perfect picture of Christ in the church, but my goodness, they can't bear the weight of being your God. That's exhausting. Life has to be about more than ourselves. Because, listen, you call yourself a Christian, right? Many of you do. You follow Jesus. You say you'll follow him. Life has to be more about ourselves because it was for him. If life was just about him, Jesus, a lot of things would have been different, right? You think he would have allowed himself to be put on a cross? He told Peter, you don't get it, do you? I could call down an army of angels right now to wipe the floor with this place, right? Nobody takes my life. I lay it down. He did it. For us the least we can do is try to love our neighbors the people around us like ourselves you know sometimes the reason that we don't do that is not even because we're hateful it's because we're hurt right you ever tried to help an animal that's hurt like a dog they bite you right some of you you're hurt and you're not really going to God and asking Him to enter those places and to heal you and to share those burdens with other people. And instead, you live your life constantly biting other people. And then you know what you do? Because you, you have the Holy Spirit, you feel guilty about it, and then you beat yourself up for doing that. And it's this cycle. God has more for you than that. That's not pretty words, that's factual. So, you didn't think I forgot you list people, did you? I got you. Those of you like, this, we have this, how to find the more. I'm going to bring it around. So you're searching for more, right? That's the whole point, how to find the more. Make life about more than yourself. I'm, I, now, these still are wrapped up in those first two commandments that we talked about, right? That's what I said. Stay with me. Make life about more than yourself. And he says, I am third. Todd, I think, I think it's I am second. You ready for it? I'm gonna, like, do a little twist? God, other people, yourself. Does that mean that, well, then who's going to take care of me? This is the beauty of God's church. If you're worried about me and I'm worried about you, then we're all taken care of. Because if I'm watching you and you fall, I'm going to grab you, right, and catch you. But if you're worrying about yourself and you fall, and I'm worrying about myself and I fall, nobody's there to catch us, to help carry those burdens, to give us encouragement in the moments when life gets hard, because it does. Number two. By the way, I'm going to go back to that. Let that sink in. I am third. Put God, really take those, walk home tonight, guys, and say, I want to do that. Todd, how do I love the Lord God with my heart, soul, and mind? Well, Read his word. Talk to him. Well, it doesn't feel real. Who cares about what feels good? I don't work out necessarily because I like it. And if you've been around me lately, I hate it. I do it because of the benefits that come with it. Right? There's some of you out there run, and maybe you've gotten to the point where you like running some, but I guarantee you there's days you run past the point you like to run that feels good. You do it. Why? So that you can enjoy those other jogs and those other runs, right? That's what you do. The benefit. Do what he says. Stop playing the game. It's either real or it isn't. When God says man does not live on the uh, bread alone, but by the very word of God, oh, that's a nice analogy. No, it's reality. I don't know how it works, but I know it works. It's real. Number two, remind, you're going to like this. You're going to like this. Remind yourself of the importance of our great commission. Get it? It's mission capitalized. Drew, it's mission capitalized. Co's in the parentheses. He doesn't get it. Anyway, Listen. Oh, Drew hates me. It's my fault. Uh, Remind yourself of the importance of our great commission. What do I mean by that? Guys, life has more meaning when you recognize the stakes. I'm serious, man. Eternity. God has entrusted us. I don't know why. I wouldn't do it. I'm serious. I wouldn't. No offense. Has entrusted us, right, with the message that brings life to the dead and hope to the hopeless and healing to the broken. Do you believe that? Because if you do then, every interaction, everything you do, every time you think, should I say something, should I tell them about Jesus, it stops being like, it'll be awkward. Because if that person was dying of cancer and you had the cure in your pocket, you wouldn't go, I wonder if they'll get mad if I give them this shot. You do it because in the long run you know that they would thank you later. I thank God for the man who told me that I was a sinner. He didn't start there. He told me about this guy named Jesus. Jesus. I wouldn't have told me. I was a grumpy kid, teenager, right? Yeah, you're right. That was pretty fun. Commission, right? The commission, the great commission. You have a mission that is incredible. Think of the greatest movie you've ever seen. You're living it. I'm serious. Listen, you know, in every action movie, they don't watch James Bond go to the bathroom and eat right? They don't. They're showing you the highlights. You think your life, you're like, well, James Bond doesn't have to go to work. Sure he does. There's times James Bond's working out and washing his clothes probably, all right? You're seeing the highlights. If we made, what do you want your life to be like when we see the highlights? I want to live a life that's impacting people and telling people the truth, and some people aren't going to listen, and that's okay, because you're, they're still, if you do it right, they will never doubt that you love them. Number three, that's a daily thing, guys, by the way, number two. I, wanna, I don't want to just leave it. Like, really think about that. What would it be like to remind yourself? I don't care. Put a sticker on your car. Remember your mission. Number three, follow Jesus. And that starts with stop lying to yourself. You ready? Check yourself. right? Look in the mirror. I said it earlier. Some of you in this room, guys, you are believers, but you're living a half-life because you don't want to take the time. Look, listen, look at me. I know you're not some of you. I'm looking right at you until you look at me, you guy. Anyway, I'm not gonna mess with him. You have got to be willing to be honest with yourself. Before I complain, am I actually doing what he told me to do? You have to stop lying to yourself. You know, if you're shot in the stomach and bleeding. You know, and it, somebody comes up and goes, hey, man, you think you should, you know, and you're like, I feel sick. And it's like, yeah, there's a hole in your gut. And like, no, there isn't. You should go to the hospital. I did. You're still bleeding. It's fine. You ever had people like, some in this room are like that. I've watched you limping. I'm like, you okay? I'm fine. That's, that's you walking, not Igor. Right? Walk, listen, and second, walk as much as you talk. Some of you are so good at Christianese. You're good at it. It's worthless without the Walk. It is. That's what James meant, right? It didn't mean that works give us salvation. It means, listen, if you believe, it's going to show in the way you live. Number four, live a life of service. Actively look for opportunities. Stop waiting for the next car. Have you ever noticed, I'm guilty of this. you ever driven down the road and somebody's on the side of the road with a flat tire and it's rainy and cold and I guarantee you've done the same thing I do? Well, I couldn't really be a help. Probably the next guy behind me has got a toe strap or something. They'll know more about what they're talking about. Hmm. We do that all the time in life. You see someone sad. I should go ask them if they're doing okay. Eh, I'll wait for the next guy. Oh, somebody fell. I could help them up. That'll be awkward. I'll wait for the next person. Stop waiting for the next person. You might be the next person. How many next persons are you? You might be fourth in line. That's where the parable of the Good Samaritan comes in and where it really makes sense. Who really loved? She's so gonna come play some music. I know we went a little longer than normal. But guys, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have even use notes because I, like, I feel like this is something all of us can need. All of us do need. More. Lie. Is this it? If you're in, I mean, I, man, on my best days... The days I'm distracted, right? The days that I, on the, on the surface, things have been the best, right? I, I'm, I'll think of one that's easy, football. There have been times that I accomplished things in my life that, like, it was everything I ever wanted. And I still laid down at night, and I was like, why do I not feel better? Right? You get that big promotion, and, and it's good, and it's exciting, and it's exciting for, like, what, a day? If that's all it is? No, the times that I've laid down on my life and I've almost had tears in my eyes and said today was a good day are the days, right, that I lived my life on purpose. That I lived a life where I actually did as God asked me to. Sometimes it was crazy stuff. Crazy stuff that made no sense. Or the times I was able to be there for someone that seems like it took a lot of time. You know, I, I don't look at the end of my work day and say I really got a lot of grants filled out and feel like that's a good day. It's the days I get to hear someone's heart, to sit there and pray with someone, to help someone when they're hurting, to be Jesus. You have that opportunity every day. It won't look the same as mine, but you have it. And one that you—that's why it's number one. You can love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength every day. Is it easy? No. If it was easy, everyone would do it. But it's real and it's true and it's the only way. It's the only way to more. I haven't found it yet. To be honest, but I'm looking, and I'm not going to be content letting the world tell me where more is because I've went there and it's not there. And I see people that are in in places I haven't been. I haven't been a billionaire, but when I hear a billionaire say there's nothing here but pleasure, that seems so empty to me. Are you searching for more? Or even worse, you know there's more, but you've given up searching. You just sit and you say, this is life. Have you given up searching for more? Is your faith lifeless? Man, have you guys seen it? Have you ever looked, you know, in third world countries in Africa and seen those war, those moments when you look at them and go, man, they have nothing, <laughs> nothing. And they're laughing and the kids are playing and, and life is still life. Are you searching for more and haven't found it? Maybe you're searching in the wrong places. And that's what I meant by the mirror. Well, Todd, I'm a Christian. Yeah, that's that that's fair. And you are saved, and God won't let you go. But you can be living a half-life. Or you can be living it to the full. If you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus, I was you. I'm not kidding. I don't get paid to tell you that. Some of this room knew me before. I, I, I was you. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I'm going to say something that's going to sound funny. It was way more likely that I would worship Thor. You think I'm kidding. I had an uncle that did than, than Jesus. That's the kind of life I lived. My, my family was good people, but I, church, no, nah, that wasn't our thing. They were hypocrites and rich people, and they drove Escalades. <laughs> it always seemed like you guys always drove Suburbans and Escalades. I don't know. You always wear Abercrombie, right? Or <laughs> all the nice stuff. Your house has always smelled good. <laughs> and then I found out the truth. That's okay. All those things are good and it doesn't make them wrong. But Jesus was for me too. And He was for you. And He said, I've come, right? not for the healthy, not for the people that have it all together. I came from the people that are willing. They, they have problems. They need somebody. They need something. The gospel is really simple. You probably, some of you may have never heard of it. The gospel means good news and here's the good news. In order to tell you the good news, I got to tell you the bad news. The bad news is is that long ago, God created everything. He made it perfect and he had us in relationship with him and the bad news is we rejected him. Todd I didn't do that yes you do unless you have been following him doing everything he said to do every single day then you have rejected him because the only thing God said the only rule he really gave was let me be the one to tell you what right and wrong is what good and evil is and we said no I want to be God I'll determine what's right and wrong and so God said fine I cannot be with you right I use the analogy of a snowball perfectly white and a mud ball if you touch them together the snowball's not white anymore right it's just like us. We are dirty. He is pure. He cannot be in relationship with that. Something has to change. We are separated from God. What happens when the creation is separated from the creator? You get our world. Thousands of years of human existence have shown us what happens when we don't choose to do even the two greatest commandments. War and death and arguing and fighting and murder and all of it and brokenness and emptiness. Emptiness. And not only that, we had, we had a penalty for ourselves. We had committed treason against God and God said the penalty is death. <gasps> Before you say that's wrong, let me come into your house and kill someone you love and then say, it's okay, I'm sorry. That's not just. There has to be punishment. There has to be, the Bible says that, that we're storing up wrath for ourselves. That's bad news. Here's the good news. God had a plan. And the plan was Jesus Christ. God made man. God came down in the form of a man. He existed. Facts. We're not even going to debate that. So who was he? I coined C.S. Lewis a lot because it's such a good line. He is either what? A liar, a lunatic, or the son of God. That's it. Because he doesn't give you the option of I'm a good teacher. I'm a good philosopher. I'm a good guy. No. I am the son of God. No one comes to the father except through me. Only one name under heaven among men leads to salvation. That's what it says. It has nothing to do with whether you know Muslims are good and other people are good and other religions are good. There are, there are people way better than me that are atheists. But it doesn't matter because if we're both trying to jump to the moon, they may jump six feet and I jump too, but we're both real far from the moon. So what happened? Jesus told us how to live. He said, this is what it was supposed to be like. This is how you were supposed to live together. And it was beautiful. But that wasn't enough because we were still separated from God. There was a gulf, God and us, and there was no way in between. Somebody had to pay the price that you and I deserved. The wages of sin are death. We were owed that. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What does that mean? It means that Jesus died repair the bridge right so we could go home we become who we're supposed to be and on that cross jesus died a terrible physical death but also a spiritual one in a sense he said my god my god why have you forsaken me the father turned his back on the son looked away from him hell is really eternal separation from god guys that's what it is it doesn't matter all the rest of it and that's what will happen but then Jesus, raised from the dead on the third day, proved he was God. And what does the Bible say? How do I become that? i got to clean my life up first. I'm a mess. Nope. Right where you're at. The Bible doesn't say anything about cleaning your life up. It doesn't say anything about cleaning your alcohol up. It doesn't say anything about your drugs. It doesn't even say anything about you got to get your sex stuff in order first. Whatever you're struggling with, it says this. If you confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead, you will be saved. He'll do the rest. So I don't know if you're in this room, and that's you. I'm gonna to say to you, I've said it every week, and yeah, it kind of becomes cliche, but it's the truth. When I was in that dark room and someone told me about Jesus and they said the same thing and they, raised, they said, raise your hand. I'm not even doing that to you. And they said, I'm not doing it to you. And they said, raise your hand if you wanna know Jesus. Close your eyes, raise your hand. I raised my hand and then they tricked me and they said, okay, everybody in the back that raised your hand, I wasn't gonna go. And somebody whispered in my ear what I'm telling you now. You don't have to be afraid. And that was the greatest decision of my life because if you knew me before and thought I would be here today, You're crazy. If you know me now, I don't think I'd be here today. You're crazy. Don't leave today without living in your purpose, without living in the more. And if you are a believer and, you, and you're honest with yourself, you haven't been doing those things, let today be the day where you change and you say, I'm going to live in the more. Whatever you do, don't leave the same as you came in because if you do, you're choosing to. There's gonna be people in the back praying for you that are here to pray for you if you need prayer. If you're in this room and you want you want that relationship with Jesus and you don't know what that's like, Guys, I'm telling you, I, I did it. There's something about taking that 15-foot walk with someone and having to pray it to be able to know for eternity that you're with God. But whether you do or don't, this time is for you. The next few minutes, make it count.